step one is that leader has to find, they have to go on their own journey. Cause I've had corporate executives come to me all the time being like, how do I make my company successful? And my first response is you need to be the one that leads by example. So don't go and just don't go have some, you know, town hall meeting and just preach and tell and point and direct. Like you need to be the leader that is inspirational. If you lead by example, people will follow you. Whereas if you're, if you're just a point and shoot type of leader, people will, you know, people will call your bluff, right? Cause people will see through you. So as, as a leader, you first need to make sure that you are inspirational from the inside out. And then, then you need to start to see that through like a lens of empathy, really empathy is seeing humanity in other people. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Pete Vanderveen today. You are going to learn deep wisdom, deep truth on leadership, on transformation, and how to live as a servant leader for your real estate team, whether it is your own organization, whether it's a team of supporting cast members, or whether it's your family, uh, I mean, you want to live a great life and you want to live a life that is driven by authenticity, empathy, and it's not driven by ego. Today's episode is for you. And you're going to learn a lot about the transformation that Pete had to go through from living a life of, you know, some, some trauma, some sincere trauma that he grew up with and how he's leveraging this depth of his struggle to determine the height of his success and how you can do so as well yourself. Today's conversation, I'm telling you, is absolutely transformational. And this is real wisdom. I mean, this is timeless and there's patterns that we can observe within this conversation that we can apply to so many different aspects of our life. And I'm telling you that I think that this is going to be a game changer for you. I feel like I say that a lot, but I really, really feel like today's is absolutely outstanding. And so I want to encourage you to buckle up because Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I'm a professional real estate investor and entrepreneur. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? Well, good, because it is time. Let's raise the bar today. I want to encourage you to challenge yourself to engage, to buckle up, engage in this conversation. You know, there's certainly a difference in passive listening and active studying. And I think today is about studying. And so I want to encourage you when appropriate, pause the episode and consider what is being said. Rewind, re-listen, pause, make a note because I think you're going to go through a little bit of a journey yourself and a little bit of an exploration to peel back another layer of your own onion. And guess what? This journey, this growth, it never ends. But today could be a big cornerstone in this expansion for you. So I want to encourage you to really study this conversation and really get close and, you know, avoid the tendency or perhaps, uh, you know, encourage yourself to avoid the tendency 
of being a passive listener who's got 17 different things that you're doing at one time when you listen to this conversation, even if you're driving your car, you know, or you're walking the dog, really, I want to challenge you to engage and listen closely to this conversation. There's a lot to be said about what we discussed today. So I want to encourage you to buckle up and I want to in introduce you to Pete Vanderveen, who is a strategic and passionate leader with a serving heart to bless those he serves. And that is 100% true. You're going to see that today. He's an active father. I love that husband and basketball coach with a hunger to empower people everywhere he goes. Pete's background includes launching 10 plus companies spanning energy, fitness, franchising, youth athletics, real estate, and others. He participated in multiple ventures, including founding Upstarts to leading $30 million in real estate development and Native American companies in communities. Most recently, Pete co-led the growth of a national real estate mastermind and also managed the optimization of a Fortune 5 energy company with $12 billion in operations, leading teams in excess of 1,000 plus reports. At the bottom of it all lies a hunger to drastically improve the status quo through the empowerment of human capital in transforming corporate success. And uh, I just, again, I, I you've got to buckle up because this conversation blew my mind. It absolutely exceeded my expectations. And, and I say this in the episode, but it, I had high expectations. I always do. But I think that this will significantly exceed your expectations as well. So without further ado, please enjoy this transformational conversation with Pete Vanderveen. Pete Vanderveen, welcome to Elevate, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great, Tyler. It's great to be here. I appreciate you giving me some time to talk and hang out and get to know each other a little more. Oh, my pleasure. I, like I said, right before we uh, started recording, it's let's serve, let's make an impact. And uh, that's what we're here to do. So I just appreciate you making some time while we dive in and while we get you familiar with Elevate Nation. Why don't you talk a little bit about your upbringing, your backstory so that they can connect with who exactly we're talking to today? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Yeah, my background, uh, farm kid, grew up working nine or working from dusk till dawn. And, you know, I just never really had a I guess I never had, had parents that believed in success or believed in my success. And then I kind of had to, you know, grind it out and go to college, start working. And I was just hungry for what the potential was. But, you know, it's certainly when you grow up when people don't believe in you. At least I was that kid that was kind of that boy named Sue where you just grow up with with everything against you and and everything from abuse to, you know, family brokenness to family of origin issues. Like it was it's just it can get really heavy and then you got to really fight through that cloud every day. And for me, uh, my journey was, was one of refinement and growth and really pushing through that, that glass ceiling that was, that I felt like I was facing every day. And, and now I've, to me, it's, I'm always passionate to help other people find that success because the world will tell you one thing, but it's all fake news. Like what the world tells you success is not at all what success really means. Man, well, thank you for this. And and um, I appreciate you being authentic about where you came from. First of all, farm kid, where'd you grow up? Uh, I actually grew up. So my, my family, I've lived all over the world. My family, uh, mainly Netherlands based, um, spent some time growing up in Canada. And then I've spent most of my most of my adult career in the US. Got it. And you're now in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's right. Yeah. 
Got it. So dust to dawn work and parents never believed in success or your success. I mean, tell me how that manifested and when did you become aware of that belief system that you were immersed in? Uh, I think I struggled with clarity until probably college, post-college. And I, I just really, and I think certainly I'd give a lot of credit to my wife because she I think your spouse oftentimes can see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And I think it got to a point where I started to look back and question what I thought reality was or what I thought capabilities, mindset, belief, all these types of things started to look back. And suddenly like what I thought was black and what I thought was white wasn't the case. So then it was a realization of what the truth was and what, you know, what my capabilities were and who I was as a person and what potential was. But I think a lot of people, they get stuck in a culture that repeats itself generation after generation where they just don't see future. They don't see, you know, they don't see the force from the trees anymore. They, they, they believe what they believe, their mindsets locked and stuck and the, the limited belief, the scarcity, the lack of serotonin, all these types of things play into just a self-proclaimed prophecy where you just stay stuck. So your wife noticed that this pattern perhaps was something that you were going to continue to step into and it was going to continue to pass on to the next generation, perhaps, and maybe I'm making some assumptions here and maybe I'm, you know, using my own words for what you just described. What was it that she identified and how did she help you break that pattern? Well, I think it was, it was a twofold combination. One is I was just, I had that fighting spirit, but sometimes they always say like, a true success is power under control. Like a, a strong leader is power under control, meaning that it, like if you take a wild stallion, if they're if they're going rank and bucking, kicking, well, that power is destructive. But if you take that, you corral it, you train it, and now that thing can be used for beauty and for for true success. That's an incredible place to be, and I think that's for me. That was my journey in having having my wife to 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 see that in me to take my 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 boy named sue fight and then to corral that into a way where now i was starting to do i i was holistically finding healing and i was able to do things in a proper way rather than in just kind of a fight or flight mentality i think that was the journey of just really learning to grow and heal but then to really corral my energy in, in the right ways to do to do to, to really find success rather than just to be kind of fighting whatever it is, whatever situation or societal thing that you're stuck in. So when you say that fighting spirit, is that kind of going back to that scarcity mindset that it's a win or lose game? And, you know, if you don't fight, if you don't work dust till dawn, then you may not survive or you may not succeed and those kind of things. Or is that, am I on the right track there? I think so. I think, and I would say that if I would look, look at majority of, American society, like most people see it, whether they believe it or not, they, they're stuck in a scarcity mindset because it is a win or lose. Like it's, it's not a win-win. It's not a lose-lose. Like it's like, if I give you the benefit of the doubt, then you win, I lose. And it's, we're so hyper-competitive in this capitalistic society that we don't, we don't strive for win-win scenarios where we, where we realize, and I think your, your servant leadership type of mantra that you, you really speak of is really the, the crucible of success right and i think if you don't if you're not in that in that mindset now it becomes like 
who walks away with the most. So when did your mindset shift? Because this is a big chasm to cross. Mm -hmm. And when it's so deeply ingrained within your psyche, your identity, from, you know, day one of your life, like you were surrounded by this scarcity, they were probably surrounded. And when I say they, I mean, the rest of your family was probably surrounded by this type of scarcity. And for the most part in human history, it's been about win or lose. Right. And so how do you break that pattern? And how did you cross that chasm from scarcity to, hey, you know what, everyone around me can win. And I can also win as well. I mean, what what was the shift there? can't say it was easy. I, I would say that it took years and years of just of just refining who I was as a person, just constantly like peeling layers of the onion back. And just it was it was a growth and it was it was a journey for me to find. And I found like year after year, I became more more clarity, more understanding. So it was it was really a, a searching of the soul type of a journey where you just you just keep going back to what you know, but it's just not working. So then you go and you try to find more knowledge, more information, more guidance, more mentorship. And, and eventually you start to see, like, you start to hear what's truth and you start to kind of remove the wheat from the chaff. And, and for me, that was just getting to a point where I just realized being stuck in that mindset, it became like, it was like garbage in garbage out. Whereas I realized like there was a way to find success, but it was the hard way. It was the load. It was the road less traveled certainly. And, and it's lonely on that journey because majority of people are, are believing in something that's counterintuitive. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, and, and I think this is true for the most part. Um, you know, if you look around at people who hurt other people, it's because they are hurt themselves or they've been hurt themselves, right? And so they they kind of pass that along. Hurt people hurt people. So, you know, you talked about, you know, growing up in, you know, an environment of abuse and, and a broken family. And you keep saying this boy named Sue. And if anybody has never heard that song by Johnny Cash, you, you should listen to it. Because first of all, it's, it's funny, right? But it's, yeah, I think what you're describing is, you know, there were some things that you were given that's almost like the foundation is cracked, right? There's something that can't be changed. And so, you know, it, it set you up for all of these challenges in your life. So how, you know, when I think about hurt people, hurt people, you then peeling back the layers of this onion, instead of doing that, instead of continuing on that pattern, you made some changes. I mean, so maybe how did you like, what were the layers of the onion that you had to peel back? I mean, what was step one, two, and three? I mean, if you had to kind of reflect back. Yeah, that's a great question. I would, I would say that one of the driving factors for me was, was realizing that I didn't want to be another link in the chain. I didn't want to continue to live this way with a scarcity mentality. And I think the most come to Jesus moment that I had was looking at my kids and realizing like, if I didn't get it right, I was, they were going to repeat whatever I did. And, and there's a saying that says, really, it's a call to action for parents of like, heal from whatever you need to heal from, because otherwise your kids are going to have to heal from having you as a mentor. And I think that to me was really guiding was kind of that Northern star in my life where I was really realizing I had to get it right to change the trajectory of history and to set an example to my kids that I could truly give them success. I didn't want them to grow up the way that I grew up. I didn't want them to be, I didn't want them to have that fighting spirit where they had to just fight to get out, just to get out of the house, right? Just to fight their, 
mental health or just to fight their emotional disbelief. I wanted them to, to, it's like when you corral energy in a positive way and you all row in the same direction, you amplify success. But if you're spending all your time, just spinning your tires, it's, it's, it's a lost, it's wasted effort. It's wasted opportunity. And I, I didn't want my kids to grow up just trying to survive. I wanted my kids to thrive because they got the best of me. Good for you, man. And I can, I can certainly resonate with that because when you become a parent, you know, things just get more important to your point. You know, when you start to have an awareness of the level of impact of your childhood and how that has related to how you are, who you are and how you behave and what your identity is and what this inner dialogue is, when you start to realize that, and then you're a parent, it's just like, wow, the stakes are super high because the question is, you know, you have this, I suppose it's like, uh, you know, you have a duty to say, well, if you have the awareness, well then, okay, well then what are you going to do with that awareness? Are you just going to continue to do the things that feel like, you know, it's protecting your identity that has the scarcity belief, or are you doing things to break that? And are you putting them in a position where they can have a healthy upbringing? They can be curious. They can, you know, do the things that are going to lead them to living a fulfilling life or an impactful life uh, to build their character and so forth, rather than just, you know, behaving in ways to to heal their own wounds. So I, I applaud you for that. And, you know, one of the things that Jordan Peterson has talked about, you know, over the past few years that has really resonated with me is when you become a parent, that's almost one of the most powerful personal growth journeys that you can go on. And so it's, you can either, you know, still be that child in an adult body, or you can grow up and you can do the tough things. You can do the tough work and you can look introspectively and you can peel back the layers of the, that onion. Does that make sense, Pete? Yeah, hundred percent. I love yeah. that. And so now, you know, what you've really transformed into is you've, you've taken this pain and these challenges and you've transformed it and you've leveraged it. And I, I love that. And I think that that it, it's almost like it's giving me chills right now to even say it because it's like, man, let's go. And there's so many, yeah. so many other people in the world who are going through that have gone through those type of painful experiences. And like that pain is so, so deep, but now let's use it for good, right? Let's use it for expansion. Let's give that to other people. And I've heard you say, and you know, now, now you've leveraged this in a professional sense, right? In, in so many different aspects as a high performing leader for organizations. And I want to, I want to share with you a quote that I've heard you say, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. You said in this, I think it really re relates to a lot of what we've been talking about so far. A business or organization cannot grow beyond the capabilities of the leaders running it. It feels like the foundation of that is kind of what we just talked through. It's, it's being aware and really working on yourself and really looking within to say, hey, where did this come from? And am I continuing on that same path or am I, am I making some changes? Am I making a, a transformation? Um, you know, but then it, it goes further beyond that in terms of growth, in terms of stacking on capabilities and effectiveness and leadership and all of these things. But could you expand upon that thought? Certainly. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot of different corporate structures, everything from multi I've, I've been in leadership in multi-billion dollar, you know, fortune five companies all the way to upstarts. And I'm just a firm believer that servant leadership is, is truly is the crucible of success. If you can get servant leadership right, and if you can maximize your EQ and resist the 
obsession of your IQ, you can have incredible impact. But a lot of leaders are so driven by IQ that it becomes, it's it's back to that win-lose scenario that leaders are striving for my success at all costs. And they lose, they lose the buy-in, they lose the the maximum efficiency of getting the entire team on board, getting the whole corporate culture refined. And these, these leaders are very short-sighted. It's, it's like, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a scarcity thing really again, because that leader is so fixated on their ego and their need for being right, being, having accolades, having success that they're willing to, bet the farm on that moment or on whatever that endeavor is and they're not looking long term they're just it's a it's kind of a pump and dump type of philosophy these companies run on where it's just just the blinders are on and they're just hard charging because they believe that that's the right way in a lot of corporations that works until until it doesn't work and then when it doesn't work it's it's a quick it's like a race to the bottom and and that's why i'm convinced that there's a way to like what I've always done is turn companies around from distressed to successful. But in doing so is you really have to break, you really have to undo what those people have done because they've been so destructive and a corporate, there's no, there's no successful corporation on earth that has been run by a bunch of egomaniac leaders. And because those aren't truly leaders, those are just, they're really narcissists at the top that are willing to pillage for their own benefit. So it's just a corporation needs to have, healthy functional family and it has to have a, hump, a functional organizational unit that works synergistically and if if someone is looking to to do everything at all cost for that you know that you know segment of success it's like everything else has to has to give and if if you give and take and that balance becomes out of balance well then it just the, the corporation will fail I'm really glad we started here because, you know, any of the listeners, whether they literally run their own organization or they are a high performing real estate investor, which is who we speak to, you are a leader in your own capacity and you've got to build a team and you've got to have people around you that are firing on all cylinders. If you want to go where you want to go, if you want to utilize and maximize this vehicle towards creating an outcome that you want in your life, it's important to recognize that leadership is a core component. And it, it feels like what you're talking about, it's like growing beyond the capabilities and a business or organization cannot grow beyond the capabilities of the leaders running it. The capabilities that you referred to are really emotional intelligence versus intellectual intelligence and focusing there and maximizing that EQ and resisting the urge to, you know, show everyone your IQ. Could you talk, talk to me a little bit about how you can or how folks can maximize their emotional intelligence? Hey guys, I wanna remind you to check out CF Capital. CF Capital is the premier boutique real estate investment firm in the Midwest and Southeast region of the United States. We are a national real estate investment firm with a purpose. We provide property investment and asset management solutions to help passive investors maximize returns on high value multifamily communities. But our investments go far beyond acquisitions. We invest in people. We are in the business of elevating communities and raising the bar for everyone within our ecosystem. CF Capital is a real estate investment firm focused on the acquisition and operation of multifamily assets. We confidently deliver tax advantage, stable cash flow, and capital appreciation with a margin of safety. 
By investing alongside our team, investors can preserve and grow their wealth without having to deal with tenants, termites, or toilets. Investors come and stay for the outsized returns we create in our deals while appreciating the ancillary opportunity to make a bigger impact that only CF Capital can provide. If you're an investor and want to invest with us, here's how. Learn more about CF Capital at cfcapllc.com or by simply clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. We will see you on the inside of this powerful community. So let's elevate communities together. Well, that's a, that's a deep question. So I'll try, I'll try to address that, but I think it all comes back down to you find me, you show me someone that has a high IQ versus EQ relationship or ratio. And I'll show you someone that has deep insecurities. And when your insecurities are driving the bus, I can, I can already, I can, tell you where that person's going to end up. I could tell you the train wreck that they're going to walk themselves into, or they're going to lead their family or their corporation or their team or their personal life. When, when your ego, like Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you that ego will, will destroy your life and it will destroy your relationships. It'll destroy your corporation. It'll, it'll destroy everything you do because you're, you're just, you're a consumer and you're looking to consume without any type of, there is no end to it, right? It, it's it's a bottomless pit, and it's and it's a it's selfishness without any kind of you know restraint. And I think as a leader, if you focus on IQ, you are operating out of a place where your foundation for your psyche, for your mental health, for your emotional stability is based on a a belief that you need more to become more. And if you believe that, there is no success for you because whatever success you have, you move the goalposts and then it's fleeting and then you need the next hit and the next high. So when you operate out of IQ, you're in a zero sum game and you may not believe that, but I can assure you that that's the case. The most successful people in the world were people that had high emotional intelligence, but those are the type of people that had an authenticity to them. They're, they're okay with criticism. They're okay being playing with an open deck of cards because they're not looking for instant gratification they're in it for the long game they're in it to to see the success of other people because they realize that my 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 true superpower is being emotionally engaged with people and when i'm emotionally engaged with people i start to realize that it's not about me it's about you know everyone else around me and now it becomes a rising tide in the harbor type of philosophy where me as a corporate leader if i have a thousand reports if i can make a thousand people 40 50 60 percent better I see exponential growth in my corporation and my, and my success becomes the sum of all their success. Whereas if my goal is just to make sure that I prop my ego and my IQ is driving the ship, then suddenly I'm, I'm tone deaf to their success because it's all about me. So I think EQ is just the stripping away of the IQ, but EQ is really, it has to come back down to you have to be a strong, sound individual that has dealt with your insecurities so that your foundation has no more cracks and it's just like real estate you need to regentrify yourself from the inside out so that you can be holistically strong emotionally strong and emotionally confident and then pulling that lever every day to the fullest pete this is vastly exceeding my expectations so i just wanted you to know that i really appreciate this and i had high expectations frankly this is an amazing conversation so far and we're just getting started so thank you for this but I want to go back to this piece on, you know, when you're letting your insecurities driving the bus, when you let your insecurities drive the bus, you know, your ego 
that's when, you know, everything starts to fall apart. And I, I would like to, you know, the, the easy question is, well, how do we find out what our insecurities are? But maybe a better question is for you, if you would to kind of go back and start to talk a little bit about perhaps a little bit more about peeling back the layers of the onion, because that's kind of where we started the, the conversation for you in particular. I mean, what did you learn about your own insecurities through that transformational experience? I mean, were there anything that, you know, anything that you'd like to share that you think is, is helpful? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of what I do is, is focused on leadership in my own companies and then also working with other executives. My journey is really what I teach other people to do, which is I teach, basically it's like, I'm not that far ahead of you, but I can teach you how to walk through that journey because I, I've been there not that, not that recently or not that far back is when I was there, right? I was in the trenches. I was trying to figure it out. I feel like I've, I've had incredible clarity, Jordan Peterson, all those philosophies, they work, but they're not easy and they're not, they're not without pain. And when you strip layers of the onion away, it's like pulling out 40 years sandpaper every day, right? You're going to take that to your hide and you're going to lose skin and you're going to lose layers. It's painful, but to detox is a painful process, but it's the refining fire in your life. And I would say that of the people that I know, probably 80, 90% of people fail to realize that the, the trauma that we endure as kids and the, the family of origin issues that we grow up with, most of us fail to realize in, in modern medicine, there's, there's been some TED Talks on it recently where they actually can quantify small amounts of trauma that accumulate over time and create incredible impact in our life to a detrimental, even to your health, mental health, physical health. They, they can quantify trauma and then correlate that to future health issues. So they, they, can, they can do predictive analysis on these types of things. But what people don't realize is trauma can be the fact that your dad was a workaholic and never had time for you as a kid. Trauma can be the fact that your dad was emotionally, he was emotionally not present because he didn't know because his dad was emotionally disengaged and hit because his granddaddy came back from the war with PTSD and didn't know what to do with his emotions. So he just shut down. Trauma can come in, in numerous forms that I think we don't give credit to. And I'm not saying that you need to just find a way to be, you know, find everything as a tragedy, but understanding that that situations create outcomes and those outcomes create you know, a reality that we start to filter life through. But if, if you grew up with, with parents that were, had a bad marriage or you grew up with a dad who's, who grew up with an alcoholic father. So now he was emotionally disengaged. Those types of things set you up in your formative years to become the person you are. And you see the world through that lens. So if you're a 50 year old real estate executive, you, you don't realize it, but you still see the world that your seven year old saw the world because you were conditioned to see the world in that way, but you were also conditioned based on the broken view of the world that your parents had because they grew up with someone else that taught them the wrong way. And here we are as adults thinking that we know, we see, if I see something, it is what I see. But it's like, it's not what you see. What you see is the tip of the iceberg. What you don't see is everything that's underneath that formalized that outcome response. So if you see someone that is, that's, struggling with with their with their own mental health typically it's it's a sum of 40 years of accumulation that created that person right and i think for me what i had to go through and what most people would really benefit from going through is realizing that as a child 
and as an adult, there's no difference. You, most of us are just young kids inside. We just don't realize it. Right. But if I don't realize that the number one thing for me and for you and everyone listening is we want to, we need validation. We need to feel significant and we're searching for significance in everything we do. We just don't realize it. So as a child, if you didn't get someone to validate you, i.e. your parents looking at you as a five-year-old and being like, you're my boy, super proud of you. Like you're the apple of my eye. Like if your child doesn't get that and if you didn't get that as a child, you start to question your validation. You start to question why not? Why am I not what I think I should be? And why am I not important enough for them to stop and see me and recognize me and being proud of me? And when you don't find it, you start to go on this mission and this will take your entire life where you start to search for things that will answer that question. So how can I find validation? What do I have to do to achieve validation? What is it that I'm missing or who, what is wrong with me as a person that I need to go on this mission to go find and answer that and fill that puzzle piece in. But that's, that actually becomes a destructive mission because now I'm starting to do things out of desperation to compensate for my lack of self-belief. And typically that's what leads people into a desperate pursuit of success, a desperate pursuit of wealth, numbing, you know, isolation, escaping reality, um, workaholism, alcoholism, you know, drug, you know, all these are things of escaping because deep down inside, I'm in a battle with myself because I strive for validation and I can't find it. And I'm trying to find, you know, quick, quick hits, so to speak, that are like, I feel validated at this point I feel successful at this point I feel at peace with myself so for me I had to really go through that journey where I learned that I didn't get the validation I needed that I had to start I had to go to a deep place where I started to realize that that my validation wasn't indicative of other people's responses my validation was constant like your your value doesn't change based on the outcome or based on the response of other people your value as a, as a dad as a mom is who you are as a person but you have to believe that rather than starting to believe that your response or the response of those around you, like work success, the response of other people, the gym, the people on in traffic, you can start to see all those things as, as basically APIs of your success. But it's like, you have to realize that you are successful. You're like, God made you an empowered individual. And what you do is you applying your skills and your power and your, your, capabilities to go perform a task but a lot of people are like they could say like for me i could be like pete plus dot 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 equals success so i have to go do something to be success whereas if you truly are an empowered individual you realize that you are success because you're you're that holistic holistic person that's strong and capable of anything and then you are success and whatever you apply yourself to will be 10x so that's that's really the formula that I that successful people know is that if you realize you're a successful person and you can become a blessing to everything and everyone that you encounter, you will 10x whatever you do. But if you're if you have a if you have an unanswered question of what your value is and who you are as a person, and you're looking for situations and circumstances and outcomes to answer that question, now you're desperately being like Tyler plus financial success equals success. Well, that's what happens if the financial success part of the equation disappears. Now you're you're dead in the water, right? And then there's so many people being like, if I don't have seven-figure income, I'm not successful. If I lose my job, I'm I'm worthless. If I if I don't have a spouse or if I can't find a significant other, then I have no 
I have no purpose. So, so many people in this world are looking for the missing piece to answer their question, which it's the law of diminishing returns because whatever they find, it's never going to be the answer to their validation because their validation has to come from within. Pete, and neither of us are, you know, psychologists or trained psychologists, but we've, and, and I could be mistaken on this. I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong know. about that, but what we are is we're people who are addicted to understanding more the human condition. And I would also say that per perhaps we're practical psychologists where we have studied this, not only within our own lives, but within, you know, the lives of, you know, the patterns of so many other people. And, you know, what it really seems to come down to is that some of these, these stories that we perhaps have constructed from our child self or our, our childhood, you know, it sometimes manifests into I'm not worthy or I'm not loved or I'm not enough, right? It, it just, that's kind of the, if you were to summarize, these are the three different categories that whatever it was, whether it's, hey, your dad was a workaholic, you know, he didn't spend enough time with you or any of the different examples that you just shared, you know, it's not a fully formed thought. It's subconscious. It's a belief system. And then now as we grow up, part of growing up, it feels like is saying, okay, well, now I'm aware of this belief. Like where, where could that have come from? My wife and I just started doing uh, marriage therapy. And one of the, you know, the questions from our therapist was, you know, Hey, how was, what was life like growing up? And, you know, for me, it was like, well, life was great. Like we didn't have, you know, any, we didn't have any major issues. And then as she asked more and more questions, I started to become aware of where certain beliefs came from and even a more a less traumatic childhood, there are still stories that are constructed that push us into a certain type of behavior, achieving success because it's going to fill some sort of void that we're not aware of. And now as we become aware of that, now our duty is to say, well, wait a minute, I'm not dependent on external circumstances for myself to be worthy enough or loved, right? That's not, it has nothing to do with that. And so now we can start to operate from a place of joy of inspiration of curiosity rather than of lack does that yeah. make sense 100 that's that's so spot on and you know when i think about this now as we make this shift and we say all right instead of living from an egotistical place right or trying to fill this empty void that is endless it's it's never going to be filled whether it's through being a workaholic yourself you know just continuing to be connected to external circumstances or external outcomes uh, or all of the other destructive behaviors, instead of living in that capacity, now shifting and making a shift to living an empowered life and empowering others as a leader, as someone who's now living with an emotional intelligence, who's continuing to peel back the layers of those onions. And by the way, the, the layers of the onion never ends, right? It's, it's a continual yeah. growth process. So how can people learn to empower others better because one of the things that i know that you're big on is is as a leader you've got to empower other people it's got to not be about you so how can you lead others or teams to be more empowered i think it comes down to certainly like it, it comes back down to kind of an order of importance i think step one is that leader has to find they have to go on their own journey because I've had corporate executives come to me all the time being like how do I make my company successful and my first response is you need to be 
the one that leads by example. So don't go and just don't go have some, you know, town hall meeting and just preach and tell and point and direct. Like you need to be the leader that is inspirational. If you lead by example, people will follow you. Whereas if you're, if you're just a point and shoot type of leader, people will, you know, people will call your bluff, right? Cause people will see through you. So as, as a leader, you first need to make sure that you are inspirational from the inside out. And then, then you need to start to see that through like a lens of empathy, really empathy is seeing humanity in other people. So when you can see your coworkers as different people with similarities to you, they've got similar disbeliefs. They've got similar insecurities. They've got, they've got similar potentially family of origin things, but they've gone through similar journeys with you that have given them a lack of belief or a lack of understanding or a lack of, of capabilities all that all are derived, like you said, through that, through that cognitive lens that they're seeing the world in. And I know Tony Robbins really, it's, it's like your paradigm. It's like what you, you have a set of glasses you wear and they're a different shade based on your experiences. And now that is limiting you to some, to some degree. And I think for, as a true leader, it's really seeing the potential in people and also being able to understand what is limiting them because you can see a bit of yourself in them and you can start to see, hey, I remember struggling with that. I remember that limiting belief. I remember that that compensation that I was that I was trying to manifest success through. When you can start to see all that in people and you can start to help them understand, because most people, if they feel depressed, it's like, well, they just even modern science is like, well, I'm, I'm, that person's depressed. Let's, let's treat the symptom. Well, the symptom is not the root cause. The root cause goes all the way back to like you, like you said, when you and your wife are going to, to trying to, you know, become stronger and better and healthier, which I believe everyone should be doing. If you're not, you're fooling yourself that you're just going to fake it till you make it. But when you start to identify what stories you told yourself and what stories you grew up in, and you start to correct those things because obviously a lot of them were were misinterpreted where you didn't understand the context as a child you maybe you didn't understand what your parents were dealing with or what they grew up with but when you really start to understand what the root cause is you can change the outcome because now it's like you start to reformalize everything and you start to basically you go back re like we're talking stripping everything back to the trusses right back to the foundation and then we rebuild the home and when you can do that as a leader yourself, and then you can start to help other people realize that what they feel or what they believe is not truly, it's a symptom. It's not the root cause. And really, when you can take your culture, strip it back to fundamental things that help build success and build empowerment and build collaborative environments and maximize communication and maximize servant leadership. When you bring all those things together, it's a game changer. I love what you said about empathy, uh, seeing humanity in other people. And really, if you recognize it at the at the core basis, what we've been talking about, you know, a lot of which has been related to your story, you know, where you came from, the journey that you've gone through. It's really expanding that to the people that you are with, you know, the people that are on your team. It's helping them by the pain that you went through, the challenges that you went through, the triumphs that you have continued to peel back, right? As you continue to work through this. And, you know, it's like, we've got to leverage that experience to leverage transformation for other people. 
And yeah. it starts with that empathy and seeing humanity in other people and saying, look, there are patterns, right? You know, my pain and my story may not be exactly like yours, right? But there are patterns to behavior and limiting beliefs that result or that manifest or that sprout as a result of whatever, about whatever type of experience that you had growing up. And so it almost feels like what you're saying is the best of the best leaders really, really care about their people enough to help them get to the foundation of what may be holding them back and give them a story and another path or perhaps inspire them to take some sort of action towards peeling back the layers of their own onion. Is that kind of what you're saying? 100%. 100% yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so from there, you know, as you're kind of going through this process, and by the way, this is not the quick fix. I mean, to your point, it's like, we're not, you know, hey, everybody's not getting prescribed some medication so that they can feel great and they can come in and just work really hard. You know, this is sort of the long-term approach that you're getting to the root cause of any issue so that you're giving all of your people the opportunity to be the best that they can be, which is yeah. unbelievably amazing. And so now when we're thinking about the compound effect, of that now if we can all kind of close our eyes and imagine the people around us optimizing the way that they're behaving and they're op operating out of a place of emotional intelligence and inspiration and hey i am enough i am loved i am worthy and because of that i'm going to be the best i can be now i start to think about this organization that's absolutely unstoppable and impactful and so when you think about now building from that place designing an optimal performance organization or weld well-oiled machine you know what does that look like from an operational perspective beyond what you're talking about from emotional intelligence perspective how can you then stack on that beautiful set of circumstances to build this well-oiled machine i think the this is this is always what i get excited about when when you can when you turn the corner and now you start having teams where like I've had times where I've had 50 to hundred engineers that reported to me. And when they're combative, when they're agnostic to each other's input, when they're not collaborative, the dysfunction and the inefficiencies of the team are, are massive. Right. And a lot of, and a lot of corporations operate in that way where there's so much infighting that no one's getting, there's no forward progress. But when you start to see everyone rowing in unison and you start to see everyone, like if, if I bring three chips to the table and you bring three chips to the table and 600 other people do the same, the pile of chips is massive. But if we're all sitting there with a scarcity mentality, eventually it's like the table's empty, right? And, and that's the thing is when you turn the corner operationally and you start to see that we start to combine our my strengths and you your strengths can complement my weaknesses and now we start to create a holistic pattern and a holistic operating machine that now starts to march in unison and everyone holds the line and now we start to and this is where like continuous improvement culture really starts to come into place because now we're not we're dealing with authenticity so we're not trying to address it's just like back to the iceberg effect where it's like if you're trying to treat the symptom, just like medicine, if you're trying to see, treat the symptom rather than the root cause, you'll chase your tail forever, right? More medicine, more, more band-aids, just covered up, shut up, go away. But if you go to go to the root cause, you heal from the inside out with a holistic approach and the team starts to operate holistically and 
So now you start to build empathy across the entire team. You start to build collaboration because now there's a desire. There's not a threat anymore. So now there's a desire and a welcoming of people complimenting each other. And there's a there's even a vulnerability where it's like, hey, I'm not good at that, but you are. So let's work together and I'll I'll do what I'm good at. Maybe I'm a visionary, you're an integrator. Well, we need to work together. And then I can, the two of us are four, it's not one plus one is two, it's now it's one plus one is five, right? And that starts to create an exponential opportunity within the organization and operations becomes complementary and exponential as everyone starts to unite and work together towards the same goal rather than everyone, because if everyone is working together in unison and they're, they understand that my, my weaknesses and my insecurities, that's, that's who I am, but I'm not going to allow that to dictate my life. But if I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm an integrator and you're a visionary, I'm okay with where I'm not strong. I realize you are strong there. I don't see as a threat. I see that as that's how I'm, that's my God given nature. And if I can lean into my strengths and allow your strengths to complement me. Now the two of us can go do big things and the team can do big things. And operationally, you start to operate incredibly efficient. But what we've done is we've shifted from everyone being thinking so much on, well, what if, if I, if I expose my flank, well, then they're going to think less of me. So now I'm in this protectionist mentality and I'm not actually there to, I'm not actually optimizing my success or even bringing value to the team. I'm in my head, I'm spending all my effort worrying, what do I have to do? What should I say? How do I compensate? How do I, you know, fluff this up? How do I fake it till I make it? So operationally, it's like, I'm spending 90% of my effort just in my head, trying to make sure that I pose long enough to pretend I'm someone that I'm not. This is unbelievably powerful in transformational. So if, if the listeners are not really recognizing that, like, let's snap out of it real quick and recognize that what we're talking about is how to build something unbelievably impactful and transformational for everybody that you're involved with. And, you know, industry leading, you know, industry dominating, because if you want to go big, it's about getting to the root of what's going to allow all of your people to transform. And, you know, when I think about all of this, you know, I, I love some of my big takeaways of what you just shared was the continuous improvement culture. You know, it's establishing this continuous improvement culture that says, look, we all have a growth mindset. You know, just because we are where we are today doesn't mean, first of all, that we shouldn't be grateful for that and we shouldn't be dissatisfied with ourselves, but we should have an opportunity or we should have a perspective that there's always another level yeah. we can grow we can become something even more right we can continue to expand our own skills capabilities talents and by the way leading leaning into authenticity to say look i'm good at some things but i'm not good at that and i'm vulnerable enough to say that's not my talent you're better at that can you bring your skills to this project so that you know that so that we can really get to the outcome and I love that. And that's not an easy thing to do, right? It's not an easy thing to do, but it's it's getting rid of the ego. And so now as we're kind of really optimizing this, this culture, we're stepping into an, sort of a, an environment of collaboration where people are really leading with empathy towards each other, using their emotional intelligence. Now it's thinking about optimizing systems and structure to explode the growth of the organization. And it feels like, you know, because on the other, the flip side of this is it's burnout. It's, 
it's stress, it's fatigue, it's confusion. It's I'm doing the things that I'm not great at. I'm not using my unique abilities. By the way, we all have unique yeah. abilities. We have unique talents. We were created in a specific way for a specific reason. It's not to be all things, all people. So how can leaders avoid that burnout? How can they avoid that fatigue, that dissatisfaction, that confusion by leveraging the necessary systems to explode their growth? I mean, is there anything that you would say about that? Well, I've got, I've got several personal examples myself. I've also helped like CEOs and, and C-suite executives from, from some of the major banks and major law firms in the country, even, you know, high profile athletes. And one of the things that I've done is I can give you an example that fortune 500 finance, finance tech company executive grinding from morning till night, right? You go to work, grind all day, come home, quick dinner, grind till night, go to bed. He, his literal, his, his quote was, I would come home, I would hit home base on my face every Friday, exhausted, wore out, depleted. A lot of the stuff we're talking about implemented all that stuff, made him realize that it wasn't about him as him empowering others. It was about him prioritizing his holistic health and then going to, um, you know, because a lot of people, it's like, get out of bed, grind. Whereas like, it's like, you got to get out of bed empower yourself so that you can be a vessel to pour into someone else. If I don't, if I don't have a full tank of fuel, how am I going to fill up your vehicle? Right. And so for him, when he became, when he indexed really inverse to what he was doing, which was like just grind to slowing down, getting, getting quality investment into him so that he could be more of an investor in other people. It was a game changer. He had, it was like two different people. One was wore out and burnt out. One was like, thriving and just getting an incredible emotional investment from his family, absorbing quality of life, feeling peace, feeling a personal confidence, feeling validated because of who he was rather than what he was doing. And suddenly his team, I think we were seeing like 50, 60% improvement across 600 reports. Financially, the corporation was growing, but his, his relational success, his emotional health, his physical health, everything was exponential. And he was working a fraction of the hours with exponentially more productivity. And it was like, that was the perfect outcome with, but he did the hard things. He, he, it was kind of doing the right things in the right order, but it's very counterintuitive to corporate America. Pete, I could go on and on with this conversation. I mean, literally, I could go for three more hours. Um, but before I let you go, I mean, we're, we're going to obviously we're going to transition to the rapid fire section of the podcast here shortly. But one of the things that I've heard you also say before we get there, and it, it almost summarizes a lot of what we've been talking about, because it's almost like I think about, you know, fractals in, in, uh, in nature, you look at a you know, you look at a tree and it's got a smaller branch and it's got a smaller branch and then it's got a twig and then it's got leaves and then it's got, you know, the branches or the, the veins in the leaf. And, you know, it's like these all of these patterns then lead up to the larger organism of the tree. And that's, you know, the patterns that we see in nature. But the patterns that we've been describing today in yourself as an individual are the parts of the organization that allow it to live, breathe, eat and sleep healthily and grow healthily. And so to me that that pattern is a beautiful thing. But one of the things that 
I've heard you say is that the depth of your struggle will determine the height of your success. And, you know, it almost feels like that is, it's absolutely been true for you. Um, and you continue to, to leverage this for, for good for so many other people, but could you expand upon that thought and, and really, how did you arrive to the thought that the depth of your struggle will determine the height of your success? I love, I love the, how you phrase that because I was actually talking to my kids about this the other day and my kids were asking like, you know, just like every other kid, it's like, why is this, you fill in the blank. Why is this difficult? Why is this hard? Like, why can't it be easy? Especially, I think that's probably some of the demise of, of our society is we want it to be too easy. But the problem is when it's too easy, you lack the appreciation for when you have success. Like it's easy come, easy go. But then if you actually stop, like I was telling my daughter this, I said, guess what happens when we, when astronauts go to the moon, right? Like there's, there's no gravity there. And it's so in essence, there's no resistance. It's easy. When you come back to earth, you actually are more weak and you have to recover from the easiness, right? And if you look at old people, right? If you, if you stop working out, you get old. It's not that you get old because, and it's not because you get old and then you stop working out. It's like you got old because you stopped working out. But muscle atrophy is a result of lack of exertion and lack of resistance. So it's like, and, and the more that we have it easy, the unhealthier we get, right? So all of this stuff, it's like what we wish, what we want for, or what we desire in our mind, which is that it's easy, that there's that there's minimal resistance, that things just come our way. What we fail to realize is that on a on a humanitarian level, on a on a on a who we were created to be, we were created to live under resistance. And a warrior is not a warrior if he doesn't have a battle to fight. Even just look at nature. Like if if there isn't a predator prey relationship, like things just fall apart. If if we don't have a battle to fight, if we don't have resistance in the gym, we don't grow muscle. So anything we do in life unbeknownst to us really is like we we were created to need pressure headwinds struggle to overcome to become the best version of ourselves so i think for those of us that are like why is it hard why is it difficult why can't it be easier you're asking yourself questions that don't have answers and you'll drive yourself insane whereas if you lean into the battle and you lean into knowing that with greater challenges comes greater understanding and greater growth and greater opportunity when you embrace that success is is just you know just moments ahead of you lean into the the privilege of living under pressure right i, I heard that recently and i think it was a it was actually a, a documentary from uh, doc rivers uh one of the nba you know one of the greatest coaches currently in the nba and he said pressure is a privilege and if you really think about it you know in the nba as an example if you're playing for the world championship, there's a lot of pressure there, but guess what? There's a lot of privilege there as well. It's not easy to win that championship. It's not easy to do big things, but it is a privilege. And to your point, you know, recognizing the pattern of, you know, biologically, physically, you know, in nature, that resistance and challenge and struggle is required for continuation I think that's a calling card and what, you know, this conversation has been so good because what we're talking about is deep truth, real wisdom. 
And so I think that there's so many patterns to what we've discussed today, to the way that you're leading your family, the way that you're leading your organization, the way that you are leading your life, leading yourself. And I've just really, really enjoyed this. And like I said, I mean, we could go for three more hours, but I want to be respectful of your time today, Pete. And I want to transition to the rare air questionnaire. And really, a lot of what we've talked about is being uncommon. And I think that one of our sort of perhaps unspoken missions, and it feels like maybe you and I have so much in common, it's that we want to make this more common. We want to make real truth, real wisdom, more of a common part of the conversation, because it's just it's just a game changer in terms of, you know, fulfilling life. And, you know, I think that we can change the world by this. So I want to ask you a few questions before I let you go. But uh, if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Um, certainly Seven Habits by Stephen Covey. That's a that's an emotional intelligence book through and through of how to be how to use your emotional intelligence to empower it's really comes down to it's not about you right that's that's a game changer of a book uh, i'm a big fan of uh, anything that's stoic related the obstacle is the way another great book of like realizing that we need to we need to refine we all understand that the way you get gold is to burn away the impurities well we as humans are no different right we need to burn away the impurities it's it's uncomfortable but it's it's incredibly healing so those are some of the the big books that I love. And uh, yeah, I would say those are probably my top two. Love it. Thank you for that. We will put links in the show notes as where the listeners can find those two books. And I could not agree more. Pete, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I'm a, I'm a big believer that what we, that uh, we are what we repeatedly do, right? Aristotle said, well, we, we are what we repeatedly do excellence. That is not an act, but a habit. And I realized that if I don't put first things first, if I don't organize my day, my life, my year, even my corporation, if I don't organize it in terms of rocks, so we can go back, this is kind of the Stephen Covey thing again, but rocks, pebbles, and sand. If I don't demand organization in my life, chaos will ensue, right? Because the, the squeaky wheel gets a grease and I will chase urgency over importance. So for me, I'm very disciplined out of necessity and i think most people should be because if we there's a believe it or not they said what is the number one thing americans do today when they first got out of bed it used to be you used to go to the restroom now it's like you check your phone and then you're led by that device all day long and chaos ensues and what happens is eventually you lose yourself because you're not doing the, the life building life enriching empowering things that build your life you're not doing the rocks you're being led by things of urgency and importance is being trumped all day long. So for me, I have a morning routine. I get out of bed, meditation, devotions, um, leadership, mindset. It's just, I, I just dedicate my morning to making sure that I'm fulfilled. I'm empowered so that I can go and be my best self and I can go give to other people. Cause my day really uh, me as a father, as a husband and as a leader, my goal is to empower other people. Therefore, I need to be empowered so that I can give what I, and most people, this is another thing that leaders get wrong is they think that they can just go do more. Well, what happens when you're out of, you can't give away money if you don't have money. You can't do real estate if you don't have assets, right? So it's like, you have to, you have to fill up your own emotional bank account. You have to 
fill up your own spiritual bank account so that you become a person of significance that can give to other people. Because if I have, if I have abundance that I can give abundance, but if I'm living in scarcity, I have nothing to give. So my morning routine is really just to, you know, spend and and of course it costs you time. It costs you sleep. But for me, if I get out of bed and my morning is to get myself so that I feel unstoppable, well, then I can now my primary objective is not to make sure that I continue to feed my ego, but my job is now to go and take that, that power that I have. And everyone I encounter is like, how can I push that person to the next level? I just always think about, you know, on a plane, you know, if the plane goes down, the first thing you got to do is you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself. Because if you don't save yourself, you cannot help anybody else. I will just that that visual is so important. And I, I just continue to go back to that. So I love that. Pete, what's the biggest way and this is going to be a tough one for you, because I feel like this is really what you do day in and day out all day, every day. What is the biggest way that you elevate others around you? It comes back to the empathy. It's I, I look past the symptoms and I'm looking for what I see is that person's characteristics, what I see is their strengths and weaknesses, and I'm helping them answer the questions that they're not asking. So I'm trying to, like, I can see just because of my own journey, I can see when someone is, maybe it's a sixth sense at this point, but it's like, I can see what someone's struggling with because I can see myself in them. So I can already help give them answers to questions that they're not asking at that point. And that's my whole thing is by, if I'm working with an engineer or I'm working with another C-suite executive or I'm working with my marketing team, I can, I'm always helping them get to the next level because I know what pieces they're missing and I know what steps are ahead. So I'm helping them get ready for that step when they don't even know what the next step looks like. Pete, this has been absolutely outstanding. And I just want to acknowledge you because truly the depth of your struggle has determined and continues to determine the height of your success in particular. And I can only imagine the future and what the future holds for you and all of the different people that you continue to lead, continue to take along this amazing transformational journey that you're on. So I just want to honor you. I just want to acknowledge you. I want to show you my appreciation. Um, and, you know, this has been really, really a lot of fun. But before, you know, I let you go, my last question for you is, do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you like to share with Elevate Nation? Yeah, I think if I can give anyone any any just million dollar advice, it's it's lean into lean into what's difficult. Don't be scared to to do. There's I have a saying which is like I my desire is to have everyone be hundred percent legit. A lot of people are living with like they show you just part of themselves. Everything else is in a closet, locked it up, locked up, boarded up. Like they're like. It's like, it's the superficial side of them. They're not legit. But if you can get to a place where you're willing to clean that broom closet out, you're able to become truly authentic and holistically whole. And you are just operating out of a place of, of true power. It takes the hard work. It takes a lot of grit, a lot of pain, a lot of like self-reflection and going and getting expert help and stuff. But when you can clean out, it's just like, just like regentrifying an apartment complex. If you pretend the black mold's not there, we paint over it, guess what? But so many of us are doing that where it's like, ah, you know, I, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna plow ahead. We're just not gonna address these things. But when you can actually stop and be like, no, 
I want my life. I want to become a, the best version of myself possible. And I'm willing to, to turn over every stone. I'm willing to strip back whatever it takes. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Nothing will hold me back from being my best self. If every executive on this, on the, in your, in your world, in your ecosystem can, can realize they're going to stop at nothing to become the best version of themselves. It has everything, their success has everything to do with becoming the best version of themselves, not financial success, relational success, vocational success. None of that means anything. That's just icing on the cake. Get your, get your house right. Get your foundation right. Get your wiring right. Get your, your water and your plumbing dialed in. And then guess what? That, that building will stand the test of time. Beautifully said, Pete. Man, what an amazing conversation. Tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and what you do. Yeah, I think the, probably the best way is just uh, just on LinkedIn. I'm, I've got I got an executive leadership platform, and I'm I'm kind of a a, C, a fractional C-suite executive. So I I run multiple um, companies spanning real estate, energy, and uh, media. And um, I'd love to connect with people, and they want. Uh, I'm always offering uh, public speaking and leadership. Um, I'm just I just have a passion. I hate to see people stuck, and if I can help someone, some team, some organization get to the next level. That's so valuable. So if people want to reach out to me, my cell phone is 808-276-0017. So. Look at that. I think that may be the first time somebody shared their cell phone on the podcast. So good for you and uh, good for the listeners to have the opportunity to reach out directly to Pete. And we'll put a link in the show notes is where the listeners can find you on LinkedIn, as well as triumphperformanceacademy.com. Pete, man, thank you so much. I look forward to part two of this conversation. I just want to thank you again for being a part of Elevate Nation today, my friend. Thanks, brother. I appreciate your time. And I love what you're doing. And I'm I'm a big supporter of what you're doing with this, this whole endeavor of yours. And I just love that you're spreading the message and spreading the love. Thank you so much for the kind words, my friend. The feeling is mutual. And uh, we will see you soon. Elevate Nation, Pete Vanderveen dropping major truth bombs on Elevate Podcast today. I just, uh, I hope that you recognized how true what he's talking about is. And how does it resonate with you? What did you grow up in? Like what, what environment did you grow up in? Did you have sincere or very traumatic experiences? Or did you have perhaps what you feel like is, you know, is a pretty normal upbringing, but recognize that either way, on either end of the spectrum, you have been impacted and your behavior is a certain way as a result. And so let's peel back the layers of that onion and let's give other people the opportunity to peel back the layers of their own onion as well. And ultimately let's live this life that faces discomfort, that faces challenges, that leans into problems and continues to excel as a result of that, gets stronger as a result of that. You know, I think about anti-fragile, the concept of anti-fragile, it gets stronger as a result of problems or challenges or dislocation or breakages. It gets stronger. That's what we are as human beings. That's what we are as leaders. That's what we are as high performing real estate investors. You are anti-fragile. Today's conversation was so deeply true, so much wisdom. And so I want to encourage you to re-listen to this episode because repetition is the mother of all skill. And of course, there's a lot of deep, deep, deep truth that was shared in this episode today that you may have not caught the first time. So if you're anything like me, you're going to listen to this episode again. I want to invite you to do that. 
I also want to invite you to have a conversation with the people on your team about this discussion. Ultimately, this is about a getting to the root of transformation instead of stacking on you know, tactics and strategies and things and tips and all these beautiful things that we all love. It's about getting to the root and building on a solid foundation with your team. So have a conversation with them, share this with them and open a dialogue and understand, well, hey, maybe, maybe there is some sort of belief that, hey, I'm not worthy or loved or enough. And perhaps I can start to shift to operating from a place of empathy and of authenticity and of vulnerability. How can I do that? How can I start to explore making this transformation and peeling back the layers of my own onion and giving people the other their own opportunity to do so as well so that you can go bigger, so that you can 10x, so that you can go exponential and live an amazing life. And from growing from a place of, you know what, I am enough, I am loved, I am worthy, and I'm also curious, I'm also inspirational, and I'm also limitless. That's what you know, I'd love for you to engage in. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to thank you so much for engaging and investing in yourself. Thank yourself for investing in yourself as well. Pat yourself on the back because you are worthy of this type of transformation. I just want to thank you so much for being a part of Elevate Nation. Until next time, I hope you have a great day and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.